Today, we begin with my high school reading list. We ponder an autobiographical travelogue that never really happened. We work through the solution for blackened spark plugs. I share what salty language can have to do with your spiritual life, and I tell you how you should observe the season of Lent, sometimes, all on the way to answering the question, what does Lent have to do with the art of motorcycle maintenance? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Many years ago, when I was in high school, I was assigned a very unusual book. And I don't mean unusual in the sense that it's something you have likely never heard of, or unusual as in it might be breaking some ethical boundaries by assigning it. It was simply unusual because it was well, it was unlike most of the other stuff we read. One difference was that it was a lot more current than most of the other stuff we read. I'll give you some examples. We read Candide, published in 1759. We read Jane Eyre. That was a lot more current. That's 1847. We read the Oxbow Incident. Well, that's practically current events. That's 1940. But this book was written in 1974. Now, that's coming up pretty soon on its 50th anniversary, so it seems like a long time ago. But I graduated in 1980, so this novel was just out in paperback when we read it. It was entitled Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I will tell you right now that I didn't love the book. I was a teenager and I found it, well, mildly interesting. The nature of my personality is that I enjoy stories, which isn't quite the truth. I am touched deeply by stories. This can be positive and it can be negative. A truly wonderful story can feed me and strengthen me and elevate my life in some permanent way. But stories can have the opposite effect as well on me. A deeply dark and troubling story that's filled with humanity's propensity for evil can leave me in a dark place that's difficult for me to escape sometimes. I read too late The Fowler Rope and was depressed for two weeks after I read that book. But needless to say, I connect deeply with stories. There was another way this book stood out for me. Occasionally, when I was in school, there were books assigned that really weren't about the story. Now, most all the books, with very few exceptions, were about the story. But occasionally, we were assigned a book that was really about the journey. For example, I remember reading Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck and getting towards the end with a profound sense that, as far as I was concerned, this book had no story, which made it kind of disappointing for me. It was about the journey, not a cohesive tale, once again, at least to me. As I've already told you, the book that I'm talking about today is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Piersig. And it is very much the same. It's a book which really isn't about the story. I was excited to read the book because I've loved riding motorcycles for my entire life. I first rode when I was probably in the third grade, and shortly after that, a family friend loaned us a minibike. And from that point on, pretty much for the rest of my life, I always owned a motorcycle or a minibike, and it's been true until, well, fairly recently. Now, I'm not a street motorcycle person, not that it really matters, but I really love riding on remote trails through the wilderness. 
Motorcycles are, for me, synonymous with freedom. Long before I was able to drive, I could take my minibike or motorcycle and ride anywhere I wanted. I could ride through the mountain trails as far away as I chose, only limited by the amount of gas that I had in the tank. So the title of the book kind of interested me. I hoped it would be the story of a motorcycle adventure, and and I really hoped it was not going to be a how-to-do motorcycle maintenance book. The book was very much like Travels with Charlie. It really wasn't about the story. And what later made it even more interesting for me after I finished reading it was this strange book is a travel journey of a trip that, well, never took place. I read the book and only discovered that fact much later on. Now, I will tell you that I have decided not to go back, as I tell you stories from the book, not to go back and carefully check the text of the book against my memory. So if you're a diehard fan of this book and I get something wrong, just be patient because this is really about my memories. And for our purpose here, that's what I'm talking about. Not so much the book, but my memories of the book. Here's what I remember. The book is really about the differing two worldviews of two men. They're riding their motorcycles together. One of them, the author, loves to ride. And as a part of that, he enjoys knowing why and how the motorcycle he's riding functions as it does. The companion traveler who he's riding with, well, he just likes riding the motorcycle. He doesn't care how it works. He doesn't care why it does the things he does. He's simply on the two-wheeled vehicle as a means of transportation on this journey not to become somehow one with the machine that he is riding. This plays out in a number of ways. The author of the book enjoys tinkering with his motorcycle. He enjoys the process of listening, feeling, paying attention to the things his motorcycle communicates to him through the way it feels, handles, and sounds. His friend doesn't really want to have anything to do with any of that. Okay, so I'll give you an example or two. The author notices that his motorcycle is not running as smoothly as it should, and to him, this isn't a problem. Matter of fact, it's really kind of an opportunity. He takes out the spark plugs, looks at them, and they're black. And that means that there's too much fuel and not enough air in the mixture being fed to the combustion of the engine. This makes sense that they're at altitude as they're riding along right now. And this little bit of struggle is interesting to him because it allows him to feel the difference in the running engine. It allows him to try something different and see if it works. It allows him to involve himself in the process of the running motorcycle. I remember that the companion traveler was having a different problem, and I don't really remember what it was at this point. And the author suggested an easy, cheap fix, something like using a paper clip to replace a spring or some sort of failing part. It costs nothing because they had it. It would function every bit as well as the piece from the factory, and they'd be on their way with it fixed. But the companion wanted nothing to do with this kind of solution. He didn't find it to be pleasing to know that he could solve the problem with a common object he already had. As I said, he wanted nothing to do with the solution. He wanted to get a trained technician to replace it with an official part. Let the professionals take care of that kind of stuff I just want to ride was very much his mentality. I remember reading the book and thinking, I'm sometimes one of these guys and I'm sometimes the other. There were times that I loved tinkering with my motorcycles because it gave me, yeah, that connection. It gave me understanding. It made me feel powerful. 
I will also say there were other times that I just wanted it to work. Say I hadn't gone riding for several months and I wanted to get on the motorcycle and have it take me on an adventure without my having to give any thought to how it was functioning. We've entered into the season of Lent, the season where people take on, give up, all sorts of things. Some people change what they eat, some change their drink, some change their exercise, some create a scripture reading discipline, others take on prayer. In truth, almost anything can be a Lenten discipline. I even know a woman who gives up cursing every year for Lent, and in her case, she uses colorful language a lot in her everyday life, so it's quite the challenge for her every year. The truth is, almost any discipline can work. I'm reminded of the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance as I think about Lent. Look, Lent is very much like motorcycle maintenance, or to change the analogy, let's say yard care for that matter. There are those of us who find that we love doing yard care ourselves. There's something that makes us feel connected to the plants in our yard, to nature, to the God who created it all by having planted and watered and tended to them ourselves. There are also those of us who are perfectly capable of enjoying these same things, the plants, the nature, God who created it all, with a visit to the gardens in our own town, gardens that someone else planted and tended the greenery. Look, Lent, as it often is observed, is the opportunity to get connected with your spiritual engine. The point is not to make you miserable or to induce suffering. The point is to make some sort of intentional change in your life for this season. It is to have something that differs, something that makes you aware of yourself and therefore your spiritual life and your relationship to God. I have, upon occasion, decided to drink nothing but water during the season of Lent. I did it for about six Lents until it ceased being a challenge and no longer caused the same level of kind of self-awareness when I did it. This year, I'm trying to live in the present. As I said earlier in the podcast, I have a tendency to pay attention to stories, to live into stories, to let stories captivate me, which is wonderful when preaching, teaching, or podcasting. It works well in my profession, but less wonderful when I drift into a past story of my life and I start living there. This year, I'm paying attention to the now. When I catch myself living in a past story, I take an inventory of what's going on right now. I look for all the blessings that surround me right now. Interestingly, I'll have to tell you, I thought this process, this Lenten discipline, would be really hard, and it hasn't been. It's made me feel a lot more grounded and spiritually connected. I'm really enjoying it. I know, enjoying Lent. It's allowed. So if you want to try something for Lent, give it a shot. Pick something that you feel will help you be more aware of yourself, your spiritual growth, more aware of the presence of God in your life. And if you don't like what you pick, change it. Look when Persig, the author of the book, made an adjustment to the way his motorcycle ran because it was at altitude. It wasn't a permanent fix. He made a adjustment, and knew that it might, just a couple of miles down the road, require another one until he got it just right. And when he got out of the mountains, it would need yet another adjustment. And that's Lent, an opportunity to try things, 
and see if they help spiritual growth. Also, if Lent doesn't interest you, you're fine. I knew plenty of people in churches I served who came to church every Sunday. Their faith life was profoundly important to them, but they didn't need to tinker with it. For them, the church was the place to come and have their tanks filled so they could go on more of the journey, not learn how to do engine maintenance. Whoever you are is fine. And you don't even have to be one kind of person or the other. You can change from one Lent to another depending on what works for you in this season. After all, this is your spiritual journey. And may it be a holy and meaningful one for you. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone. That's dan at skypilot.zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.